0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name is Luke Burrow. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Elderton, and with me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. You join us again this week as we continue through the first chapter of the book of James. We're going through James 1 because it helps give us an overview of the entire book, really, just in one introductory chapter. And we're getting close to the end. We're going to have about three more episodes, including this one. And this particular week, we are thinking a little bit more about anger, about how God's word helps us in our anger. We'll be looking specifically at James 1, 19, 20, and 21, mm-hmm. where we talk about this for the first time. And so Andrew, uh, before we jump in with some of our discussion topics, any initial, initial things you want to say to our listener before we get going? Anger
1: is a complicated subject mm-hmm. um, because we're complicated beings and everybody gets angry. It's just that we express our anger in different ways. Yeah. And uh, so I, what I'm hoping today does is it just gives us some insights and tools from God's word so that we can, we can live
0: rightly before God and before others mm-hmm. in ways that uh, honor him. And James definitely helps us to do that. And so we're thinking about anger. We see James tells us in verse 19 to be slow to anger it says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so maybe just to start off with the basic question, Andrew, why why do we get angry? Yeah it's It's good to start off with maybe that basic
1: principle. No, yeah. I, I think uh, we often uh, confuse anger as a primary emotion, whereas it's a secondary emotion. Uh, just like if you think about colors, uh, red is a primary color. Mm-hmm. Yellow is a primary color. You mix them together and you get orange. Well, it's the same thing with anger. When you mm-hmm. mix when you mix different emotions together, you get anger. And typically, what happens is we um, we're afraid. So yeah. so that's one case where you get angry um, uh, out of your fear. You're trying to protect yourself, so you become angry. Another reason we get angry is we have unmet expectations. We we desire something, we want something, or we're hoping for something
0: and it doesn't happen and we can become upset or angry. And that even goes back to what James has said before about that's right. the, what he's talked about, about temptation.
1: That's yeah. right. And so that's, that's a primary way we can become tempted to anger. Um, I think also you can become overwhelmed. Life mm-hmm. can just get uh, full of pressure and... And then when someone just does something a little bit too much, it, it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back and yeah. you lash out. Or you can be hurt. And when you're hurt, you can become angry. Yeah. Uh, and so there's all sorts of reasons why we become angry. And it's important to recognize that, um, that there's something else going on in us. So pastorally, I would want to say, before you just deal with anger, you want to take a step back, and you want to you want to take a look at what's what's driving this anger. What's yeah.
0: causing this anger to come about? Yeah, what's what's at the root of that, and uh, why is it important then uh, for us to recognize our anger, uh, particularly in this way? Yeah, it's
1: if if you're stopping and trying to reflect upon why am I becoming angry. Um, Typically, anger wants to right some sort of wrong. Uh, So the fear that you've got the unmet expectations, being overwhelmed, being hurt, um, you're wanting some sort of justice to take place, or, or uh, so. So that means that that you can be legitimately angry. uh, Paul will say, "Don't let the uh, sun go down uh, while you're still angry, lest you're giving the devil a foothold." Mm-hmm. So, so it is possible to have a righteous type of anger. I would say that's the minority of cases that we yeah. experience, but certainly when we see injustice, uh, when when we see evil done, that that ought to give us pause and and. It, it should cause uh, a great consternation and, and a righteousness, uh, a righteous anger in us because uh, what we see is, is evil and we don't want to see evil perpetuate. So there is a legitimate use of anger and I wouldn't want someone who is uh, in the face of injustice going, oh, I shouldn't be angry about yeah. this. Well, it's okay to have a right anger as long as it's not boiling over and, and consuming you and creating a bitterness and a resentment. Um. But I would say that the illegitimate use of anger is that you want to get even, that you want to settle the score. So th- this can go from a legitimate reason that you're angry. You see an injustice and you can be legitimately angry, but then it turns into revenge-seeking which is entirely inappropriate or you could have an illegitimate reason for being angry you have an unmet expectation and you really feel like this this is owing to you or someone has hurt you and you want to get even and so i think that we have to we have to just recognize that there is a, a tremendous danger here with anger. It's it's a good emotion to recognize. It's a good one to make us pause and go, what's going on? Let's take a step back. And and for that reason, I think James has a lot to say to us about this. Yeah,
0: anger in itself is not necessarily good or bad, but as fallen people, it's yeah often more problematic than it is helpful. I mean, Jesus himself was angry in his life and expressed anger, but the Bible, in the New Testament especially, talks over and over and over again about not taking revenge for yourself, but to to leave that in the hands of God. Because we certainly do have that tendency to want to get even. And we we cross that line from righteous anger to unrighteous anger very, very quickly. And that line is uh, very, very close to the surface for most of us. (laughs) absolutely. And so, for any of us, for you and I sitting here, for anybody listening, what should we do when we get angry? We've already talked about the, the first thing to do is to, is to step back and realize there's more going on here and try to evaluate that. But maybe on a more practical level, when we're feeling angry, what would you, what would you recommend from the book of James or from your own pastoral experience that people should do? Yeah, I could quote Vanilla Ice here and say, stop, take a look and listen.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's not bad. It's it's what James says. We ought to be slow to speak. We ought to be quick to listen. We mm-hmm. ought to be slow to be angry. Uh, let, me, let me just pause here and say, why is James telling his readers this? So think about their situation. Uh, they've gone from being Jews who've been they've faced the difficulties of the Romans mm-hmm. now converting and following Jesus as Messiah. So now you not only have the Romans against you, you've got fellow Jews against you because now they don't embrace Jesus as savior and Lord. And we know that, that uh, there was a lot of opposition to Jesus by, mm-hmm. by the religious establishment. Violent even. Violent. Um, and, and, and within the Jewish, um, within the Jewish mindset and even history, the recent history, uh, there had been several revolts that had taken place. Yeah. So, the Maccabeans uh, in before Jesus' time, about 166 a- uh, B.C., um, they they had a revolt uh, after Antiochus Epiphanes uh, was desecrating the temple, mm-hmm. and so they were righteously angry. Um, and so they revolted against the Romans. Um, Jesus even had uh, some zealots among his disciples. Yes, right? yep. yes, uh, he had. He had uh, uh, Simon the zealot, mm-hmm. uh, and and to be a zealot was to be kind of that revolutionary. Yep. Um, and so we know that in the early Christian mindset, there were at least temptations to lash back at the culture. Yeah. Now, I don't know that there's any evidence that points us to the fact that James readers were taking up swords and attacking people and being violent revolutionaries, but in the human heart, in the nature of people, there was a temptation to be angry, to get even. And as a result of that, I think James is writing to say, whoa, 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 brothers, slow down. Okay, so you've been persecuted, you've lost house and home and jobs, you're moved and displaced slow down. Like, let's not lash back. Let's be, let's be slow before. And one of the ways that you can be quick to, to be angry is you use your tongue. Yeah. So, so revenge doesn't have to happen just by merely acting upon it in physical aggression. I think before you act on, on your anger with physical aggression, you use words mm-hmm. and, and words then are often this reflection to go, Whoa, like, well, look at what's coming out of my mouth. I need to slow down.
0: James has a lot to say about that as well. And sure.
1: that's right. And James will, James will address that. And the other thing is, uh, when we're when we're angry, our perspective is often off. Mm-hmm. and as a result of that, um, we don't necessarily think or see clearly. we yeah. we feel very vindicated. We feel very justified that we're angry. but um, one of the things that we need to do is we need to slow down because we could be wrong. we could be wrong about our perspective, our feelings can be wrong shocker. Uh, if yeah. you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know, that uh, feelings are often askew and we've mm-hmm. talked about that. And so, so when we're angry, slow down, just watch your mouth and listen, listen. What are other people saying? I know that when I've been struggled with anger, um, people have recognized that I'm angry before I have recognized I'm angry. Yeah. And I'm not the best judge of myself when I'm angry. So I need someone else to help me to see that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. To slow down, take a breath, and be slow to speak. James will we'll talk about that uh, right in uh, chapter 1, verse 19. And in that way, there's a major connection between James and the book of Proverbs, because yes. Proverbs has a whole lot to say about the, the danger of words, the danger of being quick to speak. And so, we... Um, uh, Oftentimes with our young children who struggle with impulse control, we're, we're encouraging deep breaths, help, yes. help the body calm down. And, and then as you say, listen, because more often than not, the situation or person that you're angry with is maybe coming from a different place than what you think. Yes. So Very, very simple. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow down, take a breath. When we're feeling angry, that can help us and make such a big difference. It's um, I've often heard it. Uh, it's mostly talked about in the context of sort of sadness and depression. This this concept of uh, I was Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, I think, who says, uh, "Speak to yourself rather than listen to yourself." And yeah, that's in his book, uh, "Spiritual Depression: Its yeah, Causes and Its Cure." Which is a wonderful, a wonderful quote. This yeah. idea, this idea that we can't listen to ourselves and to our Emotions. We have to think about that in terms of depression, but that also really does apply in terms of, of anger. It's so easy to listen to those feelings to sort of listen to ourselves in that way. But there are other voices maybe when we're angry that we should be listening to instead. And so, what would some of those voices be? Well, let's start with, you mentioned Proverbs. So, why don't we start there? Mm-hmm. Proverbs commends to
1: us listening because in Proverbs one five it says, let the wise hear and increase in learning, mm-hmm. and the one who understands gain guidance. Or we could look at uh, Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, which is full of this wisdom language, Um it, it really speaks in verse uh, chapter eight, verse six here, for I will speak noble things. So wisdom is speaking to us. Or in uh, verses 32 and 33, and now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Don't neglect it. So Proverbs is commending to us uh, the skill of listening—it's mm-hmm. um, listening to the voice of the Father, and the Father is communicating what has been passed on to him through the Word of God. Yeah. And so, um, so part of what we're listening to is that that God has commanded certain things, and as a result of that, we ought to follow follow the way of of those who have been godly, who have listened to the Word of God. God's promises, God's promises stand. And if we would listen to his promises, when we're angry, it's hard to do. But when we're angry and we would hear him, what we would see is that even Jesus modeled for us the way of, of being slow to speak. Mm-hmm. So you think of Jesus before Pilate and before uh, or before Caiaphas and, and he's silent and he's fulfilling Isaiah 53, like a, a sheep before shears is silent. So is the suffering servant. Um, Peter can commend this then to us too. Uh, Peter will. Uh, I'm just flipping in my Bible here, but Peter can say uh, the the exact same thing, it just in a in a different way. Um, Peter says to his readers in 1 Peter two, uh, verses uh, twenty one to twenty three, that this is what you've been called to because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. So what are his? What are the steps of Jesus? He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So let's just pause there and, and let's recognize that James says that the anger of men does not produce, it says in the ESV, the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we could also translate the the justice of God. Righteousness and justice, uh, it, it has this similar concept. And when Peter is talking about um that Jesus did not threaten but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly here we've got this concept so if anger doesn't bring about the righteousness of god what is it what does he mean by that what he means by that is that the ang- that our anger does not make things right yeah. it doesn't anger does not produce justice in fact anger actually exasperates justice yeah. it often interferes with justice that's why um, one of the proverbs that I learned as a young boy was proverbs 15 1 um, which which commends this this idea of a harsh word stirs up anger but a yeah. gentle answer turns away wrath uh, that's why the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but gentle able to instruct second Timothy 2 24 and following yeah um, the the promise of God is actually that it's It's that he will, Paul can say this in Romans 12, vengeance is mine, I will repay. There is a day coming where God is going to right all the wrongs in Jesus Christ. There's a day of vengeance coming. Mm -hmm. So my job is not to get revenge. My job is to shut my mouth. It's to listen, it's to be quiet. Now, certainly there are times where we need to speak up, but if our propensity is towards sinful anger, getting revenge, that's what I'm talking about here. I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about pursuing justice when it's appropriate. I'm talking about when we want to use anger in a wrong and illegitimate way to get even, James says, stop, Yeah, shut your mouth, listen. You might be missing the facts and follow in the way of Jesus. Why do you follow in the way of Jesus? Because the way that Jesus accomplishes redemption for us is he shuts his mouth, and it's a paradox here that that it is not anger that produces the righteousness or the justice of God, but it is in Jesus shutting his mouth in his meekness and humility that he accomplishes far more. And I think that in a situation where you are offended, where you are wronged to be a person who is humble and meek and gentle, is so nonconforming. That's yes. that's what we've called James this book of a guide for nonconformists.
0: Absolutely.
1: It actually goes against all of the canc- cancel culture of our culture, it goes yeah. against the rage machine. It actually does something really profound. And so I would say look at Jesus, the one who re- achieved your redemption by his own humility and meekness and gentleness and in that he gives you the strength to do the same.
0: Absolutely, while also trusting that the legitimate injustices that are there will be fixed and will be righted. And that we don't have to do that ourselves.
1: Which is what Peter says, that he didn't revile in return when he suffered. He entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. God will get justice. Justice is coming. Uh, Just because justice is delayed, it's not denied to, to use that sentence. God is giving an opportunity for repentance and our anger may actually, uh,
0: sinful anger, may actually interfere with the process of someone coming to repentance. Absolutely. One of the many ways that First Peter and James are connected, both speaking to persecuted Christians, and they definitely have a lot of crossover uh, in this particular area. We're very thankful for that. Uh, do you have, Andrew, any recommended resources for our listeners as we wrap up this episode, any any good books for those who want to consider these topics a little bit more?
1: I'll just mention uh, a Christian counselor uh, by the name of Ed Welch. He's mm-hmm. got a book called Good and Angry, um, and and it's a powerful recommendation. Actually, one of my uh, one of my classmates from seminary just recommended it again today on Facebook. He had oh, been working through it. I had already written this down, and then I noticed my friend Matt, uh, he had just finished reading it, and he was commending it to his church family. So, Good and Angry by Ed Welch.
0: Very grateful for Ed Welch, a wonderful Christian counselor, wonderful author, many helpful books. and. We're thankful for the, the biblical counselors who spend their time Amen. really diving into how we understand ourselves uh, in light of God and in light of his word. So with that, we have come to an end of another episode. Thanks for joining us as we think about how God's word helps us in our anger. Uh, join us again next week. We will be talking about how God's word creates steadfastness. Looking at James 1, 22 through 25. We hope many of you will be able to join us then. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye, everybody. Take care.